0: friends. It's Abby Feeder, Certified Life and Fertility Coach, and you're listening to The Fertility Chick. This show is all about the path to parenthood, which is never the same for everyone and our guests' professional success along the way. We have a beautiful guest today in Jessica Wright Weinstock, who created the Bearing All Project, whose entire mission and goal is so near and dear to my heart and the heart of this podcast, which is sharing the stories where we bear it all, the hard ones to share and the hard ones to talk about, so that we continue to bring the shame and the stigma of all of these topics out of the darkness and into the light. Please enjoy. Hi, Jessica.
1: Hi, Abby.
0: Welcome to the Fertility Check.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Nice to see your face. I haven't seen you in a long while.
1: I know. It's been a minute.
0: It's been a minute. So where should we start? I feel like You are such an open heart to the community of women struggling through reproductive issues. Why don't you start by telling us how you sort of found this path?
1: Okay. Um, Well, it started back in about 2010. um, And I was not one who ever really dreamed of being a wife or a mother. That was not my path. I was very ambivalent about motherhood, very, mm. very ambivalent. And luckily I have an amazing therapist um, and we like worked through all the things and I got on board and I was fully on board. My husband was more traditional and like definitely wanted to have kids. And we've been together for like a thousand years and he knew about my ambivalence, but he's like, I trust, I trust that you're going to get there. And I did not pregnant on our first try. Um everything was... no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Humble brag. Yeah, not really. Humble brag. Um... No, big deal. No big deal. <laughs> In twenty eleven, at the 13-week ultrasound, we learned that at the NT scan that our baby was at risk for having some kind of abnormality that would lead him or cause him to suffer. So we got a lot of counseling. We got a lot of opinions. We got second and third and fourth opinions. And we were candidly, though not casually told by our doctors, like if I said, "I said, if I were your sister, what would you advise me to do? And she was point blank. She said, I would advise you to terminate and try again. And so that's what we did. Um, it was obviously beyond painful. It was like one of the most traumatic experiences that I had been through. Um, Again, luckily, had a great therapist to help me through it, found meaning in my experience, did a lot of talk therapy. And when we were ready to try again, we did. And again, got pregnant right away. And again, fast forward 14 weeks, um, learned that our baby had an even greater risk than the last time. So we sat with that pregnancy for about a month as we got all of the opinions and did all of the testing trying to figure out why this happened twice. So I was pregnant for about a month, knowing that we were ultimately probably going to terminate. And that's what we did. And at 18 weeks, um, we terminated. And it was, there's no words. It was just, it was heartbreaking. It was absolutely heartbreaking, heart-wrenching and we grieved, we mourned, we worked through it. Fast forward after all the therapy that we needed together and individually, we tried again, and this time, all very ordinary. And I ended up giving birth to um, our son during an emergency C-section in 2013. And that was like very, Obviously transformative. (laughs) And I was hesitant about having a second. Um, I, you know, I don't know that I dealt with postpartum depression, but, you know, it was a journey. I was very ambivalent about having that second. I got to the point where we were ready and I had secondary infertility. So we consulted with. Uh, reproductive specialists. And of course, then as soon as we had the consult, I got pregnant. <laughs> like, didn't have to do the IVF yet, um, got pregnant. And that was very exciting. And also, you know, we were very cautiously optimistic. And that ended with a miscarriage at nine weeks. So then we, we went down the route of IVF. We did IVF. We got one embryo. He's stuck. We celebrated his fifth birthday yesterday.
0: I was going to say, I think it was this week. Amazing.
1: Yeah, yesterday. But to add more to that piece of it, I went into preterm labor at 30 weeks with him. Mm. My water broke at preschool drop off with my older. At 30 weeks and two days, I was hospitalized for nine days and tried to hold him in for as long as I could. We were aiming for 34 weeks. We got nine days. And then he was in the NICU for five and a half weeks after he was born. Mm-hmm. So uh, my journey has been filled with terminations, miscarriages. I mean, so many chemical pregnancies, which I didn't mention. Uh, secondary infertility, IVF, preterm labor, and the NICU. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's been my journey to parenthood. I have so many questions, but just in terms of your work, Mm -hmm. You run the Bearing All Project. Can you talk to me about how your experience... I guess once you emerged on the other side and Mm -hmm. started processing those 10 years, Mm -hmm. how did you decide to found the Bearing All Project?
1: So, So while I was going through it, I connect to the world through storytelling. In my previous... Existence, I was an actor, Mm -hmm. and that's how I make sense of my world is through storytelling. And while I was going through it, I couldn't find stories. And this was before, obviously, I mean, I'm talking about 2011, 2012, before Instagram, before there was such a platform for all of our stories. And I was searching for anything, even memoir. I mean, I went to bookstores, like scouring bookshelves, looking for something that would mirror my experience, and I couldn't find anything. And so I was on a hike with my best friend and co-founder of the Bearing Owl Project, Stacy, and we were talking and through our conversation, she was like, what if we were, and she had a very different trajectory towards parenthood, very ordinary yeah in a lot of senses. She's like, what if we created a space for these stories to give face and voice to all of the different um, challenges that can go into one's journey towards parenthood or one's journey towards deciding that Maybe they don't want a child, the child-free by choice community. And so that's where it started, just through a conversation and wanting to give voice and to destigmatize and to break taboos and to normalize these conversations. Because I grew up in L.A. and I'm here in L.A. now. I had an incredible support system. I had family. I had friends. And yet I felt so isolated while I was going through my experience. And I wanted I wanted a mirror somewhere, and I couldn't find one. And so that's how the Baringol project was born.
0: I love it. Okay, so let's just go back to your your personal journey. What was it like to carry your first live birth after your two losses?
1: It was terrifying. I yeah. mean, um, pregnancy after loss is a very difficult. I I had trouble enjoying my pregnancy, and to be honest, it was very difficult for me to enjoy pregnancy because you know unconsciously, I think more than even consciously, unconsciously, there was just so much fear and anxiety after experiencing loss. And I was very present with my loss, as I said, like I, for that month that I had, knowing that we were probably going to terminate, like I connected so deeply with my son. Mm -hmm. I talked to him, I went, you know, we, I tried to make the most of our time together. And I was very connected. And I was very present. And there was um, deeply attached. So knowing that what that loss could feel like, it was very, very difficult for me to enjoy being pregnant because unconsciously that fear still existed and then anxiety. But, you know, it was just one foot in front of the other.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, nothing is wrong until something is wrong.
0: Right. How do you relate now to those two and really more than two, but specifically your later terminations? Do you feel a connection to those souls? I do. I do. How does that manifest for you in your everyday
1: life? Um, There's not a day that goes by that I don't feel them or think about them. I mean, I can't look at my sons, my two living sons who are so incredible, and I wouldn't have them without those two losses, without their brothers. And I think that also is the inspiration behind the Bearing All Project. It's a a way of... um, it, it has inspired it has inspired my work so deeply, um, in terms of my relationship to them. Um, it's just, um, it's just different. Mm-hmm.
0: And do you, are you open with them about your journey? Uh, with my older
1: one, I am. Mm-hmm.
0: And were you uh, always, or was there just like a time that it felt like it was the right time to tell him?
1: Uh, it, it was It's very organic how it all transpired. I had a, a t-shirt that said Rainbow Babe on it and we were going through all clothes and he asked me about that and I explained to him and he's like, Wait, am I a rainbow babe? And I explained that he was. And then as he got a little bit older, he's ten now. I mean he knows a lot about the work that I am doing and how I am so fiercely trying to champion reproductive rights. And, you know, he asked me point blank not long ago, if I had had an abortion and I explained to him. And so, you know, Mm. I just give him as much information as it seems like he needs and wants and then move on. Mm. So he hasn't dug too deeply, but.
0: Wow. Because I think about, I mean, we talk pretty openly about a lot in our, I mean, we were very open book. Obviously our story is everywhere, but it never occurred to me. They might ask me if I had an abortion, like, Mm. of course, but. When you say it that way, to think about your little ten-year-old asking that is a very different way of thinking about as a parent, like what we've been through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Talk to me about how did you and your husband fare during this time, during the losses. Obviously, I'm glad you had access to and reason for and championing for therapy. Um, but I think that what I see a lot is how men and women we we grieve it so differently. So I'm curious how it was on your relationship. The first time, and then maybe the second time, and if that helped for your fertility journey, or maybe made things more stressful.
1: Um, again, we're so lucky, we're so fortunate that we do have access um, okay. to therapy, and so Jared also has an incredible therapist, and so the individual—I mean, I just I can't speak highly enough for getting that kind of help. Um, again, so lucky to have those resources to to, to have it. Yes, we grieve very differently. I mean, it was a very different experience. And we were cognizant of that. We acknowledged the fact that we were having two very different experiences. And we came together where we could. But we we're very, very different people. We experience the world differently. And obviously, then we grieve differently. And it's very different for me caring. I had the attachment in a very different way than he did. Mm. I think for him, it was still, you know, much more abstract, whereas like for me, it was a visceral attachment very early on.
0: Were you with that same therapist, this entire piece of your journey? Yes. That's amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. That is
0: amazing. And same with Jared. Mm-hmm. That is amazing.
1: Different. I mean, we had different therapists. Different obviously. therapists. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And also, I will say, we also did couples therapy.
0: Mm-hmm. Which I think is crucial
1: point. in this. Yeah. In this.
0: Scenario. And did you also have the same OBGYN this whole time? I did not.
1: After the two terminations, I made a switch mm-hmm. and I went through my my pregnancies and my secondary infertility, and that led me to the doctor who helped us with IVF. Um, and now I'm with somebody else. I, I went back to my first doctor. Amazing. There's too much trauma attached, and it was hard for me.
0: Good for you, though. I can't believe you went back. I mean, that's... It shows process of healing for you, obviously.
1: Process of healing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it was. It was just too much trauma at the yeah. time to go back through those doors after experiencing what I had experienced. So.
0: And was that doctor the one that performed the terminations?
1: So sorry. Well, I, the, the, the first doctor performed the first termination. Okay. I was with my second doctor who ended up delivering my sons. Got it for the second
0: termination. Okay. Okay. And now you went back to that doctor or you went back to the first first?
1: The very first doctor.
0: Okay. Okay. Let's talk about the termination and let's talk about terminations and abortions because we need to talk about them more. You recently Mm -hmm. ran a beautiful campaign through the Bearing All Project for the two most infamous, famous, notable miscarriages slash abortions happening in the United States, one in Texas and one in Ohio. And something that you did that was so special was you had people who follow you write letters to these two women. Um, I'm blanking Kate in Texas and... Kate Cox and Brittany Watts in Atlanta. Thank you. Kate Cox and Brittany Watts. Very different cases, very different women, very different viewpoints on abortion and childcare and parenting and all of the things. And you've been posting for weeks these replies that you've gotten that are basically love letters to these women. Can you just talk about what made you want to do that and how it's impacted you?
1: Uh, Yes. Again, it was born out of what my experience was and feeling so isolated. And I could only imagine what somebody like Kate Cox was going through, facing, terminating a very wanted pregnancy, right? And then also in the public eye and then going through the whole legal battle it's beyond comprehension. And so it was just my way of wanting to say, you are not alone in this. Like there are so many, so many people out here who see you and who have been through maybe something similar, maybe not, but who see you regardless. I mean, there were people who wrote in who hadn't terminated for medical reasons, Mm -hmm. writing letters just saying, Hey, we see you and we support you. And Mm -hmm. I think that like that feeling of being held, Is for me at least very important, and I wanted to be able to give the tiny bit of that in any way that I could. And so, you know, with our little community at Bering All, I thought it was one way of doing that. And then, Brittany Watts, I mean, that's just, um, I mean,
0: I hate saying there are no words because I'm like, get it together, find the words, but
1: there are no words
0: for what she had to go through.
1: And again, so like, there's no space to grieve the loss of she had a miscarriage. And she was then brought up on charges of abusive corpse because like most people who have miscarriages, they're oftentimes in the bathroom on a toilet. And something very, very ordinary that happens to so many of us. And yet now she's being. Right.
0: And it's none of our faults ever. Yeah. And the worst, I mean, there's no worst part. It's all worst. But like the fact that she tried to get medical care for days. And oh, was she was at the
1: hospital a number of times. Three days, yeah.
0: And yeah. was dismissed and is now being brought on charges. I mean, this world is just insane in this realm. I know I'm preaching yeah. to the choir here, but um, yeah. you know, your your community might be small, but it's small and mighty, and I think potent where needed, you know? Mm-hmm. I think it really is. So, where do you see, like, what would you like to do with that community?
1: Well. We originally started in 2020 just before COVID, and our idea was to create a book, a beautiful coffee table book filled Mm -hmm. with like images and personal essays to give voice and face to all of the different experiences. COVID hit and we were all stuck at home. I was on, you know, the floor of my kid's, you know, bedroom floor while he was doing kindergarten on Zoom. And it was a very, um, accessible way to gather a lot of stories because we were all trapped in our houses. People were very, it was very easy to get stories. I still, I want to hold on to that idea of the book, but I Mm -hmm. think it could be much larger. And we are, we're working on different mediums and getting these stories out there because storytelling is activism. And I think that that's what drives this. That's what drives this work.
0: Yeah. So important. Do you feel healed
1: from your losses? Um, I think I do. It's not to say that I don't have feelings about them. Mm -hmm. I have deep feelings and I talk about them and it brings me, um, I have grief. Mm -hmm. I think I, I I still hold on to some grief. Mm -hmm. Um, but heal. I mean, I don't know. I think that probably I'll be healing for the rest of my life. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that.
0: Yeah.
1: I can tell you what I am still actively healing from is the preterm birth. Mm. And the NICU experience, that mm-hmm. is like something that is very alive in me as well, still.
0: Yeah. And your your younger one, is everything okay health-wise? Post-NICU? Yes. Yep. How long did it take for that to happen? Was it pretty, like about five and a half weeks when he came out of the NICU, was he good to go? Or were there like therapies that needed to happen, development, that kind of thing? Yeah.
1: Um, not developmental. He had a hernia, an inguinal hernia. So he was back at the hospital he had some medical things very 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 benign in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean because then it, then it was COVID, so he was basically in the house and kind of quarantined from day one until, right. yeah right because we were so worried about you know his immune system yeah.
0: and you're still taking submissions for people if they want to share a story with you absolutely absolutely we always welcome submissions yeah we'll link out to where people can submit because it's really just a beautiful collection i love the idea of a coffee table book i didn't know that was on the docket
1: oh my gosh that's what inspired
0: the whole thing so funny i didn't you probably told me that but i didn't remember and i think it's such a great idea
1: thank you well thank you for being here thank you so much for having me
0: it's my pleasure and i can't wait for people to hear this you have such a beautiful voice thank you for sharing it thank you so much I had stuff, yeah. You wasn't that so great. What a journey she went through. Listen, please remember, you do not have to go through anything alone, especially not infertility. Grab a fifteen-minute call if you or someone you love are struggling to conceive and build your family, and let's chat. And let me see if I can lighten the load for you through my company, InCircle Fertility. In the meantime, please like, rate, follow. Abby Feeder. In circle fertility and the fertility check on Instagram. And in the meantime, I'll see you next week.